1: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 21 of the Footmarks podcast. I'm your host, Baram Kazi. You can find me on Twitter at DefMango. And with me, of course, is Jared Kimber. You can find him absolutely everywhere. And well, today's topic is a bit morbid, especially if you are a fan of ODI cricket. And it's Will ODIs Die? And Jared, I believe this piece was inspired, that you wrote, obviously was inspired by KSR's tweet or thread in which he said that this might be the last ODI World Cup. And then, of course, you know, cricket commentator and current. And President of the MCC, Mark Nicholas, has said that, you know, the ODI format is not financially viable. T20s are, you know, very, very disruptive. They've got the crowds, they've got the player pull. And uh, I can't remember the exact words that he used, but he said that the pull is almost supernatural. Something along those lines. He basically said that bilateral ODIs will die and you'll only have World Cups. So do you think we might be witnessing the death of the 90s kid? <laughs> so I wrote in... 2008.
2: That I thought this is where it was all going. Mm. I didn't see how bilateral ODIs would be able to continue. Um, they'd been the drinking. So, so if you look at them, they'd been the cash cow for Asia, mm. and they'd been the party cow of of um, England, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. Mm. Right. All those drinking people went to T20, and all the um, and the cash cow is quite clearly T20. Mm. So, what are you left with? Mm right? And it was always on the cards. And we talked about, we've talked about it quite a bit, you know, in my work over the years, but I think that now, you know, KSR had had that. And and to be honest, I'd had that conversation with people inside of Hmm. cricket. Not not as serious, like he's almost certain that it's going to be the last World Cup, Hmm. which I don't think it will be, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But there is certainly a feeling of the broadcaster saying, why is the 50-over World Cup still your major event mm. when T20 is your major format? It's a very fair thing to ask. And then T20, just, ODI bilaterals have just died. Yeah. Crowds have gone, ratings have gone down. Yeah. You know, the ODI, um, uh, what was it called? The World Series? No, the World ODI, ODI
1: Championship se- something along those lines. World Cricket League. World yeah, Cricket, World League, Cricket that's, League.
2: Yeah. That, um, we, we got to a point in that particular tournament where, If that had been played 10 or 15 years earlier, I think it would have been the thing. Everyone would have absolutely loved it. And people didn't even know it was on, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's how far we have come. And we have to be honest with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you obviously speak of the advent of T20 cricket being a big disruptor in this. And, you know, that was 2007, 2008, right? The first T20 World Cup or World T20 as it was known back then was in 2007. And then, you know, you had the IPL. And in the modern day, the IPL is huge. You know, it is cricket's biggest cash cow, maybe. And then also you've got tons of other franchise T20 leagues. So... Do you think that the rise of franchise T20 cricket across the globe is why it seems likely that ODI cricket is headed towards an inevitable demise? Yes. I mean,
2: the best way of looking at this is there's an there's actual logical reason why T20 mm. leagues do so well. It is not just that the fr- the format is more exciting. Mm. That plays a part, don't get me wrong. And then it was new and it could be marketed in a different way. Don't, all those things play a part. Mm. But on a very basic level, if you are playing a one-day series, even if you've got a tri-series or a quad-series, you cannot play a game every single night. Mm. And if you do play a game every single night, you're going to have a lot of neutral games that no one is going to care about anymore. Yeah. That model doesn't make it any sense when, when there is another model where you can play 60 games. Mm. right uh, Every night, in prime time, there's always going to be cricket on. It's always going to be your local players are always going to be playing. Maybe not your team all the time, but your local players are going to be playing. Right? Yeah. That's very different. And, and one thing that, like when the Mark Nicholas comments came out, a lot of people were saying, we should bring back tri-series and quad-series. Mm. Like. They died for a reason. And bilaterals are dying for a reason. And it's because it doesn't make as much sense. I would say, uh, I haven't looked at these, these numbers specifically, but outside of the IPL, I would say most cricket boards in the world still make more money for one ODI than they do from a T20 league. And it's not even close. So one day of a T20 league compared to one day of an ODI, not even close. The problem is that you can only play so many yeah, and you can't have them all the time. And people have to know when they're on, oh, it's on a Tuesday and the (laughs) next game's on a Friday and the following game's on a Sunday. It's not, it's not being played in a consistent way. And then, you know, wait, we just finished the Ashes and then we've got this series and all these sorts of things come up leagues don't work that way right so some of the problems come from that the other problems that odi cricket specifically have compared to the other two formats is it is wedged in the middle yeah right it is half of one and half of the other and it's not really that much like test cricket Mm. in some ways and it's also got it's like a more boring version of t20 cricket Mm. That's not to say you can't make One Day Cricket really fun because I I think there are some things that you could potentially do. But as it currently stands, it would be hard to sit there and look at it and go, um, this is a thing that deserves to exist because it's brilliant. Because it's kind of not. (laughs) Um, And there's other versions of
1: it out there that are doing better. Yeah, I guess it's an acquired taste, especially kids like me, you know, who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s. To us, like, it it means a lot. But that doesn't mean that it means a lot to purists or kids who are growing up right now. But the duration of ODIs is also a bit of an issue, right? 100 overs in a day, that's more than a day of test cricket, right? I mean, that's that's more cricket. And, you know, these days when I'm covering the entire thing, I have to sit down, and start of the day, and then it ends all the way in the end. Of course, I love it because I love my job. But, you know, it's large chunks of the game which don't have any peaks, and it's not particularly competitive. Do you think that could be an Achilles heel of sorts? Yeah, look,
2: I've always said that. so... When I was young, I was a massive ODI fan, and then probably, you know, in my late teens, I became a much bigger Test match fan. Mm. And I never, I always liked one day cricket, but it was always lesser. Mm. I loved the World Cups, um, and I watched most bilateral cricket that Australia was around, uh, that was in when I was younger, and and all those sorts of things. But it wasn't the same. And when T Twenty came in, almost instantly, I was like, "But well, this is better." And when I moved to the UK, I watched a lot of Pro Forty cricket, mm. and again, I was like, "This is better." Uh, and look it. It, the middle overs, um, I think we used to call them on Test Match Sofa the moon cup overs. Mm. Uh, Google moon cup if you, if you don't know what I mean by moon <laughs> cup. But basically, the, the, the moon cup, the explanation for the moon cup is there's a certain point between overs, these days 10 and, and 40 or 35 certainly, where, where as a commentator specifically, you've not got a lot to talk mm. about. You know, Santa comes in again, and this is outside of Stump, and he goes back, tries to force this, this Bubba, and can't get it past point. Hmm. Santa comes in again, and <laughs> this time it's over-pitched and it's on the pad. Bubba <laughs> flicks it away for one. <laughs> the umpires are just having a chat about the ball at the moment, and uh, it's there's a lot of hmm. that, right? It doesn't have the tension of Test cricket. Uh, it doesn't have um, the excitement of T20 cricket. It is. I do think it does have a lot of issues as a format. And in some ways, T20 fixed a lot of the issues. That's not to say that One Day Cricket couldn't be made into something spectacular, because I think perhaps it could. But it's not something spectacular. Mm. And we'd be lying if we say it is.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I mean, the ratings and the commerce of things, they all point to that direction. But the sheer volume of cricket that's played these days, forget the leagues for a second, okay, forget franchise T20s. Let's just talk about the FTP. It's gotten a bit crazy, particularly if you're a part of the big three, right? Because they're playing tons of cricket, particularly like test cricket as well. Four match series, five match series, lots of it. First, it was England mostly and there was a gulf between them and then India and Australia. But now all of them are getting to play a lot. So yeah, that can possibly help the ODI format.
2: No, I I just think that because it is the weakest format as far as, you know, fan engagement now and, mm. uh, and, and everything else and, and commercialization and all those th- different things that the, uh, the, I always thought that once you had three formats of, of the, mm. of the game, that if they didn't get rid of T20 cricket from bi- bilateral, I would get rid of, I, if I was running cricket, I wouldn't have bilateral T20 or mm. one days, right? and we'll get to the whole bilateral one day as later because it is an interesting subplot but yeah i wouldn't have them and part of the reason i wouldn't have them is it doesn't it, it doesn't make anything better for you that's mm. not to say that you wouldn't occasionally play friendlies or warm-ups before you know major tournaments or anything like that but realistically there is too much cricket being played t20 leagues should certainly exist domestic cricket structures should exist and test cricket should exist outside of these tournaments But I don't really see the point in these other um, games other than, I don't know, let's say you had, you could actually make a huge thing if you had two test teams uh, and then you had a one-off T20 game and it's like, you know, like a really exciting one-off game of who's going to win this. Mm. But these three and four and five match series, people just, you can't, we work in cricket and we can't remember how many games have been played. How many times mm-hmm. on Uncovered do I say to you, "What is this the second game or the third yeah. game? I, I, I can't
1: keep up with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just to go a bit, well, on a tangent over here, you mentioned how, you know, uh, it's a challenge to uh, for, for the cricketing governing bodies or whatever to run three formats in tandem. Is there a sweet spot over there? Is it even possible to have those three tandems work successfully, you know, going on at the same time?
2: No. Hmm. I don't think that the way that cricket is run, that you should have one organization in charge of all three formats. Although to hmm. be fair, they're not really in charge of all three formats, but that's a different argument. But hmm. uh, if, if you really want, if you loved all three formats, the best thing that could happen is one person ran, or one group ran ODI cricket, one group ran T20 cricket, one group ran test cricket having one organization try and do it all, it's never going to happen. Yeah, It's never going to be correct.
0: Hmm.
1: No, no, that's fair. Okay, so yeah, let's kind of take all of that into context. And we've got, you know, the cricket calendar, which has gone a bit crazy. And there is no room in the calendar. Then you've got disruption in the form of T20 cricket and franchise T20 cricket. That's where the crowds are. And wherever, you know, the money is, and there's a lot in T20 cricket, that's where the players go. And if you want to learn more about that, we did an entire podcast. Somewhere in the footmark series, just on that. So keeping all of those things in mind, plus the fact that international teams don't even feel their first 11s, or most of them at least, don't feel their first 11s in ODI cricket, would you say that bilateral ODIs are a sure shot goner? I can't see, outside of a couple of key markets
2: and occasionally when you're playing India, how anyone will be able to continue to run them the way they are. Hmm. Um, They don't get ratings. They don't get crowds the way that they used to. They don't get the press that they used to get. they're not quite losing you money, but they're probably on the verge of losing you money. And in some cases, they probably are losing people money mm. um, as, as, a, as a competition. And so it will go. The problem with this is, and, you know, so Mark Nicholas's plan is great. Uh, you know, let's get rid of bilateral so when we save that 50 mm. over World Cup. But no one plays ODI cricket outside of that. How can the premier tournament Still be a 50 over world cup and how long will it remain if yeah. it doesn't have bilaterals anyway right so it's not like so people will say wow footballs don't play that much for their country yeah, but yeah. footballs play football mm-hmm. they play a lot of football and then they go off and play a football world cup nba yeah. players play basketball and then they play the the FIBA world cup right and yes they're not playing for their national teams that much but they are playing that sport we're asking and you already see it Josh butler has been very clear with it. I've talked to other players in international cricket; they mm. feel exactly the same. They actually feel like they're being set up to fail,
0: hmm.
2: right? Because they don't play enough one-day cricket, then they have to go to a World Cup, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and so, and 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 that is that's it from a what's the best way of putting it? That's it from a um, player's perspective. Yeah. But what about from a fan's perspective? Why, if we don't see any other one-day cricket outside of twenty friendlies a year, right? Mm. Why are we suddenly going to care who wins that w- one-day World Cup? Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see about that. Right now, we very much do care, and it's definitely cricket's most coveted trophy, if you ask me. But, of course, that's subjective. It still subjective. is, yeah. Yeah, No, yeah. no, I think it is. It, it's subjective. It, it, yeah, sure. Right at the moment, it isn't subjective.
2: Mm. It's got the best ratings. It makes mm. the most money. It is yeah. the biggest tournament in cricket as it currently stands. However, the broadcasters were very clear. They think in the next right cycle, mm. T20 World Cup will go past it.
1: Yeah, right? We'll definitely get to that. But you touched on something earlier that players don't get to play a lot of ODI cricket and, you know, they're not primed for an ODI World Cup. Well, you know, they're not even playing list A cricket. You know, I can tell you in well, Pakistan, we have one Pakistan Cup throughout the year so that one month they'll play ODI cricket or sorry, list A cricket. And that's that. So if
0: you're not even playing that format domestically, well, that's what I mean. Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: Yeah, so that's the difference. If you had a strong domestic uh 50 over tournament in every country and i don't mean it has to be you know ipl sized or 100 sized or you know PSL i mean sized. the
1: saudis could save us right the saudis could definitely save ODI cricket <laughs> yeah um
2: <laughs> but but if you just had a really good tournament where all your best players played you would have something right but mm. there's no way they're going to be able to fit that in right yeah these league these t20 leagues are only going to get bigger it's just not mm. going to happen
1: yeah No, definitely. And uh, from a broadcasting perspective, of course, you mentioned that the ODI World Cup still gets more views than the T20 World Cup, right? And that should technically buy it some time. I mean, it is, after all, like you mentioned, objectively cricket's most coveted trophy still. And we all feel that way because it's just hits different than a T20 World Cup. And the four-year gap is larger than the two-year gap or however many gap uh, year gap it is now because some years you have you know every year you have a t20 world cup then you don't have one for four years then covid happens so it's been erratic right but the odi mm. world cup is consistent and everyone gives a lot of fucks about it yeah at least fans at least give a lot of fucks about it no no definitely and i think that
2: you know at the moment the, the whole four year thing is really important i think you hit the nail on the head there that's an incredibly important part of of um odi crickets uh the odi world cups um stuff but also was it Pakistan who were like champions for like nine months at one stage, it was called a world Mm T20, not a world cup. Um, it's a short tournament. You don't play a lot of games, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's got a lot of things about it that don't actually make it feel like a world cup at the moment. And until it's, Mm. and also it's shorter than the other tournament. And I don't just mean the overs, but literally the days and the games, and it doesn't feel like it's a senior tournament yet. Right. It Mm -hmm. will though. Right. Because, That's actually where these players are. I mean, at the moment, T20 is the most important format if you're for the vast majority of professional cricketers. It's going to be a very important thing. Fans will come across um, to it and everything else. Remember, it's not like the 50-over World Cup. 50-over World Cup really wasn't taken seriously until 92, right? Hmm. Uh, You know, the first 17 years of its existence, it existed, but that was about it. So these things do change, but... How fifty overs remains relevant when there is no fifty overs is a very very fair question.
1: I mean, ninety two was also the first fifty overs World Cup, or was it ninety or eighty seven? I think because sixty overs was the norm. Before um, that I fight.
2: think it was. I think eighty seven. Oh, I just did my eighty seven work. Um, I'm pretty sure eighty seven mm. was fifty overs as well. I think most mm-hmm. of the world was playing fifty overs by the eighties, um, but England b- played sixty ends. 65, 60, 65, and 55, I think, at various times. Mm. Uh, 65 might have been domestically. I can't remember now. But yeah, there was there was quite a few different variations out there. Yeah,
1: and I mean, coloured clothing, even after 92, wasn't the norm, right? In Australia, it was. But around the world, it wasn't until maybe 96 or something. So ODI Cricket, too, has gone through the motions and everything. And so we spoke about how ODIs last too long, 100 overs, people get bored, there's not enough action or competition, but also... You know, social media is a thing in today's day and age and social media traction, things going viral. You have more of an opportunity or more of a window for things to go viral and for more social media traction. And also, you know, you could have more peaks within one game as compared to a T20. So these things can be, in theory, cashed on, uh, cashed in on with respect to ODI cricket.
2: Yeah, I, I think some of it would have to be better um, set up. But the, the best example I would make of it is that... If you make if, if um, Virat Kohli makes 100 in a hundred in an mm. international game for India in T Twenty, probably by the time you switch on the TV, he's out or the innings is finished. Mm. If he makes a hundred in ODI cricket, you're probably going to see him bat for another thirty or forty balls, you know, and you might even mm. get in on it because it takes longer. So you might even get in on it when he's seventy or eighty um, as he's approaching the hundred. Whereas, the, I mean, you and I both follow T Twenty. The amount of time someone will send me a message going, you, you have to watch this, and by the time you turn it on, it's over. Mm it's just gone yeah right one day cricket has that you know double centuries and all that sort of thing so it actually has the ability to build Harman Preet's innings is one of the best case examples of this the way it changed women's cricket that wouldn't have happened in t20 because she would have scored so quickly that by the time everyone turned on the tv she would have or the innings would have been over or she would have been out in one day cricket it just kept building and building and building and building and building that is a really important thing. And it also goes back to the original reason that One Day Cricket worked so well, which was the 100 ads. The extra yeah. a- ability to put ads in was really,
1: really important. Also, just from a fan's perspective, all of that stuff that you just said makes sense to me, but I'm just thinking out loud over here that, you know, when it comes to records in cricket, we care about test cricket. We do still care about ODIs because we all talk about Sachin's 18,000, Murli's, you know, 500 and whatever, and Wasim's 500, whatever. All of those things, right? There is an association to those records. People want those records to be broken. People have grown up with those records. I can tell you with a lot of confidence, no one gives a shit about the T20 records. No one really looks at them that way. Maybe in phases or in tournaments or like that, but the overall tallies, I don't think people are as, you know, um, I don't know, pushed about those. I
2: don't know. Last five years, I would say, I've heard far more about people of, this guy's got this many runs in T20, has played this many games. No yeah. one's even talking about one day cricket in that way anymore mm. because partly because no one's getting near those was Murali, and sachin records right no one's playing any games yeah. anymore um and those guys played mm. too many one day games as well like it was an absolute joke especially in india's case yeah that they didn't play more f- uh, five-day cricket at times so um i think that's a generational thing i don't think mm. and we'll come back to why that matters later because i'm sure you yeah. will ask about it but i don't think th- when i'm hanging around young cricket nerds now They're not Mm. giving me one day stats. They're giving me T20 stats Mm. and they're talking about all those sorts of things you did because you're talking about you and your generation and that Mm. those 15 to 25 year olds, their, their nineties cricket kid thing is T20. True.
1: I mean, you've just given me a lot of perspective over there. You You are very old. This is. Yeah, I am quite old. That's made me feel very old. And also the fact that, you know, I probably can't relate to all of these kids and they, they're they probably saying morbid. No, no, we'd want this. We want ODI cricket to die. That's how they're viewing this episode. But anyway, uh, let's talk about some of the positives now. You mentioned the Big Mac theory. I definitely want you to elaborate on that and how, you know, even though the world has moved away from fast food, but we still end up at McDonald's and the Big Mac still sells, even though people are opting for salads similar sort of thing with respect to odi cricket
2: yeah so i'll try and explain the big mac theory as quickly as i can i've used it a few different times i used to use it with test cricket in fact hmm. essentially what happens is something does well somewhere so the big mac and mcdonald's become synonymous with each other and most people if they're asked what uh, uh what big mac uh, what burgers uh, mcdonald's had would even say cheeseburger which they you know uh is is a more generic term or hmm. They would just say Big Mac, which is a specific McDonald's term. And for years, it was the number one selling burger at, you know, the majority of their places around the world. And I understand if you're, especially in parts of India that don't have beef, this, this won't resonate with you as much, but to the rest of the world, Hmm. everyone's going, yeah, yeah, we get it. Big Mac and McDonald's. But McDonald's has changed. People don't eat fast food the same way. People get wraps and salads. Why you would get a salad from McDonald's? I would never understand, but that's a separate question. I
1: I don't even go to McDonald's anymore. (laughs) Um, It's not working on me. The Big Mac theory has died with respect to Bear
2: And And people don't (laughs) go and eat Big Macs anymore. But McDonald's Mm. still keep it there. And the reason is it still makes them money. At a certain point, it will stop making them money and they'll have to decide whether the brand recognition of that term is worth anything to them or they will move mm. on from it, right? And the reason one-day cricket still exists and the one-day 50-over World Cup still exists is because it is still making money. So what KSR mm. was saying is that it's clearly... The switch is about to happen. The two World Cups will switch mm. and eventually a T20 World Cup will be bigger. And he's right. I, there's no way I could argue against that. I just... I I'd love to say that that wouldn't happen, but I don't. I don't think it's possible. But the opposite is that he's saying this is the last fifty over World Cup because everyone sees that this is coming, so they'll just get rid of it. Well, that's not how business works. People don't give up mm. things that are still making money. And even even if Bayram it was making slightly less money than the T Twenty World Cup when the uh, when the next um, cycle comes around, there's still a chance it might still be around just because mm. administrators are like do we really want to give up this thing that's always been successful just because it's less successful than another version now? Very rarely does that happen. And it's why the Big Mac is still on the menu because it still has enough people buying it. It's still worth McDonald's having it as a part of the menu, even if people are eating salads and chicken and veggie options and all those sorts of other things that people have. And so it's a very, very important thing to understand that at the moment, what is saving the 50 over World Cup is the 50 over World Cup success. It's Mm. not being saved by, um, you know, you and me and the 90s kids and the 2000 kids. It's not being saved Mm -hmm. by the fact that it's been around forever. It is being saved by the fact it is a billion dollar event and it's still really, really important.
1: Yeah, I think the 2025 Champions Trophy might be a good litmus test for ODI Cricket. So if the ratings do well for that tournament, then they'll start having this conversation that, oh, do we stick with the Champions Trophy? Do we scrap it all together? Do we make the Champions Trophy a T20 tournament? I think that might be a critical juncture in this entire story. What do you think? Yeah. I I, I don't want to out
2: the people who talk to me about this, but I did run it by some people. But there is, Hmm. I believe the broadcasters wanted the next T20 World Cup to not be in America. Hmm. They wanted it to be, I want to say England, but I'm not sure if that's true. And the reason that that was suggested by anyone. It was not because they didn't want it to be in America, but they wanted it, if it was in America, it would be in a worse time zone for a Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, mm-hmm. Sri Lanka. right? And they wanted it to be as big as possible so they could make the switch then. Ah. So there is, th- these things are all happening. right? These conversations mm. are all happening behind the scenes. And I would say that KSR has talked to different people within cricket than I have. And I ran it past about three or four different people. We all thought that it was well, but I think I was at a fifteen percent chance that this is the last um, ODI World up. and I found people mm. who were at twenty-five to thirty percent chance. So mm. I rounded it out to be about twenty percent overall, twenty twenty-five percent chance. And when you when you start to look at it from that perspective, you realise it's more real. But also, Mm. it's a hard thing to kill because of what it is. So the Champions Trophy is not a hard thing to kill. The Champions Trophy wasn't even always called the Champions Trophy. It was originally an idea to give associate teams a chance to host events. It Mm. was cancelled. It was brought back. Then it was ignored. Then they forgot they had a Champions Trophy. (laughs) It's very easy for that to become a T20 (laughs) tournament like that, right? Mm. 16-team knockout. They could have, like, you know, 32-team yeah. knockout. Let's do it. Let's bring everyone mm. in. You could do anything you That'd want. That would be fun. Yeah, you could do anything you want from a Champions Trophy perspective. Um, uh, but the World Cup is a little bit different and there will be an outcry in traditional media things if they get rid of the 50-over World Cup, which they also have to factor in.
1: Yeah, I'll be front and centre uh, center with a, a placard and, and we'll be part of that protest. Save you know, our middle overs. Yeah, yeah. Save our middle-overs, for sure. And uh, yeah, you you mentioned, you know, my generation and somewhere between your and my generation, how we're super attached to ODI cricket. And currently, of course, uh, most of the decision-makers in cricket are in that generation, right? 35 and in and around that age, who've grown up with these World Cups, who have an association to them. And that could very well prove to act as a ventilator for the World Cup, at least, if not bilaterals. And uh, yeah, I mean, they could prolong the inevitable because bilateral ODIs are pretty much dead because Mark Nicholas has said it as well but mm. the ODI World Cup as you said we could still see maybe one or two more so yeah I mean I just hope that those guys in those positions can can, can make that happen well I
2: mean you say that the decision makers are 35 the decision makers are over 35 so 35
1: mm. would be the minimum age for most you know mm. h- how old's Jay Shah ah I don't know I can't really tell, just going by his he face. Lo- he
2: looks 37, but he's, I think he's younger than that, isn't he? He's just got a 30, he's got 37 face cut. Um, if Jay Shah is my oh, age... Oh, I didn't miss that by oh much, my did I? God. Right? Yeah. He's no. one of the most important decision makers at the moment. It may not be by the time any of this matters, but at the moment... He's he is, the monarch. Right? And, he's the monarch. And he's 35, right? So mm. think about everyone else is basically older. And my point mm. to KSR would be that cricket is traditional it's conservative and it's slow moving but you also factor in that the majority of the people who are going to make making these decisions grew up from mm. 83 uh, through to 2011 right that includes indians yeah. but it's not just indians it's many other people who who will have to make this decision for a lot of them test cricket and odi cricket were both On a similar level they might like test cricket a little bit more because it's a better sport or whatever else but one day cricket is a proper format of cricket the administrators before that right wouldn't have felt that way if this was happening in 1996 the administrators would have moved to t20 cricket quicker just because they had no emotional attachment to one day cricket at all Hmm. right because a lot of they didn't even take it seriously right it's only around that mid 96 period where it really gets to start taking seriously from the global event you know cricket fans Mm -hmm. start to take it seriously and the players start to take it seriously a little bit early on but it's really 96 through 99 when it when it when it really matures from an event um spectacle 99 maybe um is the really big one it's a little bit more accessible um than 87 Mm -hmm. 92 was hard to travel around um 96 was in three different countries just it becomes a bit more of a thing in '99, and then 2003 becomes almost like a tourism thing. 2007 is a tourism thing. Mm. That's a very big change. So the point is that those those people who were sitting around, the, the same people who in 1996 were offered cricket info for free and knocked it back because they didn't want to be involved with the, <laughs> with the fans, would if you had said to them, "You've been playing this 50 over one. If you play this 20 over one, you can probably make 20 to 30 percent mm. more money, and it's less. It'll you'll have to hire security guards for less time." They'd have be been like, "Okay." Mm. But yep. that is not the situation we're in now. And, you know, even even um, 35-year-old Jay uh, and the guys that are older than him, most of them grew up on T20 cricket. There aren't any administrators oh, – sorry, on one-day cricket. There aren't many administrators who grew up on T20 cricket yet because mm-hmm. you would already already been a, a fully formed cricket fan before T20 cricket came in, right? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you're like an England county nut, right? <laughs> that would be the only yeah. – the, the 2003 crowd, right? But – But Mm. the majority of the people in the world, this is a really important thing because a cricket is conservative, as I said before, it's slow moving, all these sorts of things. But more important than that, there is now a romanticism in the 50 over World Cup that didn't always exist for cricket administrators before. And it is there, right? And I know this because I've talked to people and said to them before, you got to, you got to kill the bilateral ODIs. That's just get rid of it, right? And they'll be like, oh, yeah. but then we'll lose the 50 over World Cup. And I went, yeah, you're going to lose these things anyway, but make the make the schedule work better for the human beings who yeah. actually have to go out there and play. And they'll be like, oh, but, you know, I grew up watching, you know, in 1996 yeah. I stayed up in Aravinda and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> these <laughs> things matter. These things matter yeah. more than you would think. Uh, this is a complete aside, right, but I just want to throw this out to you. The m- amount of times you see a sponsor, right, on a team shirt and then the person in charge of sponsorships leaves that company and the sponsorship is almost always terminated straight away. And that's because the mm. person in charge of sponsorships just thought it was really cool to be able to be involved with Manchester United or Brentford or, you know, Rajasthan mm. or whoever it was and gets to meet the players and gets going. The next person doesn't like cricket or football and so they take the thing off. These things, mm. these little things that we don't think about end up being far more important i mean to go back to the hmm. the origins of cricket right why is south africa the second team i'm oh, sorry the third team in, in test cricket and the reason is there are a lot of people in england who want to have holidays in south africa
1: yeah you told me this one you know it's the second time you've mentioned I, I'll, it. I'll mention it many um, times i love that fact it's so stupid yeah You also have to tell me uh, the story of Major Bennett, but another time. Oh my God, Major No, we can't do that (laughs) today. Yeah, definitely not. Okay, so we didn't really, oh, you didn't address this in the piece or anything, but we were working on something which addressed this, that what sort of changes could we bring to ODI cricket, you know, to make it more exciting, to perhaps save the format. And there were lots of fun ones and they're all coming from you. So I want you to kind of just take the stage on this one.
2: Yeah, I think getting rid of the circle. When the circle came in, it made a lot of sense. Pl- cricket was completely different at that point. And I think it was Mike really, but it was also it happened a lot in domestic cricket in England where everyone would just put everyone back on the on the boundary and it was boring. I watched Ben Stokes in a Test match with everyone back on the boundary. I, you know, watch Angelo Matthews with everyone back on the boundary. Mike Hussey with everyone back. It's not boring anymore because people can hit sixes and yeah. they play shots in different ways, right? So sometimes it can be boring because the ball gets soft or you know the pitch is too good, but quite often it's not boring. And it brings mm. in a completely different um, side of things. The other one is, and I think this is the most obvious one is that the the fifth bowler rule when we said mm. it has to be you know or it used to be twelve overs because it was sixty overs, but ten overs or whatever that may be it i completely i don't know who came up with it or how it sort of you know manifested itself, but it's had its day. I want to see the best bowlers going up against the best batters. Probably, I don't think we can have a limitless, um, uh, things cause you don't want James Spip-Bummer to have to bowl 24 overs in a game. Um, yeah. but what I do want is at least I want teams to only have to use four major bowlers for the majority. So that's 12 or 13 overs, however you want to play it and do things from that perspective. Um, what else do I want to do? Uh, the fielding restrictions. Subs? Yeah. Su- well, substitutes Subs. I, I think subs will come into all levels of cricket eventually, hmm. right? Just because it doesn't actually make sense when you break it down that we haven't got subs before. And people get really angry yeah. and they're like, cricket made a choice. I'm like, no, they didn't. It's a bit like football. Football didn't hmm. have subs. And then eventually someone went, maybe we should have subs. And then... It was, it just moves on. Cricket will move on in the same yeah. way, uh, and maybe just
1: injury substitutes and not just concussions. You subjects. can't. What, what if I break a hand? You can't have an injury substitute because people will fake it. Because every fast bowler is
2: injured at all times, hmm. and every Fair second enough. batter has a bad back. He, uh, I <laughs> understand why people think that. But I don't think there's a sport in the world that has injury subs. And the reason is that professional athletes are almost always crocked. (laughs) They just play Mm. through it because that's what they have to do. Um, But I get the feeling. But yes, I do think we'll have subs. Um, So, subs is again, if you have five bowlers in your team and 10 batters in your team, you then have the five bowlers bowling, the five best bowlers bowling against the 10 best batters rather than everything else. Again, it's a point of difference from the other formats. Um, There's certainly something to be in it. I do know that there are people at the higher level, starting to discuss all this because they're watching hmm. the early part of the World Cup. And they think, not only are they starting to discuss it, they're actually starting to discuss that other people are going to bring this up. They realize that whether if, even if there is one more 50-over World Cup or three more 50-over World Cup, the next one probably won't be played under the same regulations because they'll make changes. So the hmm. subs thing is another one. The other one that I like is um, taking a fielder out of the ring for every 10 overs because what happens at the moment is you get a little bit of good scoring at the start, then a bit of a slowdown, and then you just go up, and then from the 35 over mark onwards, um, you get a kick, right? Hmm. But and we've already seen the big bash try and fix this as well, and everyone tries to fix it the wrong way. They always go, oh, we'll just put a random power play in the 38th over, and that'll be (laughs) great. That's not how you fix it because then teams bat knowing that they have to have wickets in hand for Mm -hmm. that period. What you do is you have one fielder out in the first 10 and two fielders out in the second 10 and three in the or fourth, five, however you want to do it. 20 overs, you can have um, two fielders out. Any way that you want to do it. That way, the scoring rates will actually be kind of similar. You'll still get a bit of a peak at mm. the end, but it'll be a lot more exciting all the way through. So that's another option. My other one is that, uh, and I think we brought this up on uncovered today. So I, I'm just going to be saying this over and over again. But I do wonder if cricket could go, uh, one-day cricket specifically, and T20 might end up doing this anyway, but if one-day cricket could be the point, especially if you have substitutes and you have fielding 11s and all this sort of stuff to literally just have, we bat for 10 overs, you bat for 10 overs, we bat for 10 overs, you bat for 10 overs. Um, it makes the yeah. conditions fairer, but it also, at all times,
1: everyone watching that game will know who is in front. Okay, so in that format, let's suppose a batter is out. Mm-hmm. He can't or she can't come and bat no, again, right. Out. Yeah, yeah. Because then it makes sense. And I think out of all of those potential changes, the ones I like most are no arbitrary number of overs or at least more than 10, right? 15 maybe that a bowler can bowl. And then also subs. If you can sub in four, three to four people, you can have your batting lineup till 10 and your bowling can only be really good bowlers. And that would, you know, make for great competition because I'm curious to see how quickly the batters score and you know how quickly the bowlers run out of steam or how many wickets do they possibly get because there are no tail yeah. enders, right so it makes things interesting um so yeah i mean if there's any sheikh equivalent of kerry packer in saudi arabia come listen oh my to God. us the sound of the, the
2: kerry packer is the most terrifying, the packer, is the most yeah. terrifying f- image i've ever <laughs> had and i just hope there is no Saudi <laughs> kerry packer all australians <laughs> yeah. know exactly what i'm talking about here um also um, then there would be a Kerry Packer's son. Uh, so I, I shake Kerry Packer's mm. son involved. Yes. There's, a bit, there's a lot of shit that doesn't need to happen there. But um, no, look, there are many different things you can do. We've got two new balls. Mm. Why not let the bowling yeah. team decide when they want to use new balls? All these sorts of things are, are, are available to you. But um, it is... we. Uh, I think there was a point when One Day Cricket was tinkered with and changed and did lots of little things. And then we got to a point where it actually worked okay the only hmm. if, if t20 cricket didn't exist at the moment one day cricket would actually still be doing fine but hmm. because it does exist you do actually need to regulate it now like t20s around and i don't think we're regulating it like t20s around i think we're still just tinkering around the edges i, I think it needs some drastic changes
1: Yeah, no, definitely it's uh, not paid attention to at all. And uh, they did tinker with the substitute at one point in 2005, just did not stick badly implemented or whatever. And I really like this, you know, captain gets to choose when they want to take the second new ball because then you could bring reverse back into the game Mm -hmm. and maybe in the final 10, you can get it to wobble again. So you'd have the best of both generations. But of course, these are all radical changes and no one probably wants to pump in that sort of money in ODI Cricket. So Jared, one last question and be quick over here. Do you, When do you think bilaterals, ODI bilaterals will die out? And when will the last ODI World Cup be held? I think
2: this is the last FTP where we see anywhere near as many bilaterals as we do right now. Hmm. I do think there will be bilaterals into the next FTP, but I think that will be mm-hmm. drastically cut. Um, uh-huh. Partly because no one's in charge of cricket. And so hmm. some teams will just stop playing them and some other teams won't. Mm-hmm. And And... We also get into a bit of a confusing thing of friendlies will still exist, and they are technically bilateral, so maybe it yeah. will go on that way. I think this World Cup will go ahead. I think the next World Cup will go ahead. Um, I don't know if the one after that would go ahead. I think we have this one and the next one. Um, and I'd be very very surprised if if we get four. Th- I'm sort of fifty percent on us having this one and two more um but i'd be very surprised if we have um this one and three more i just i can't Hmm. see it it doesn't make sense there's no one looking up the most important thing is there's no one looking after it right and because no one's looking after it that was always the problem with test cricket as well and to be fair the administrators in their own ways at least tried to do things with test cricket they haven't done that with one day cricket that would be the only swing back i could see is if they start to protect it but I don't know if you can protect it and test cricket at the same time as well. So we never talk, we always talk about T20 being the thing that causes problems with ODI cricket. It Mm. may actually not be that at all. It may be the combination of the fact that they're all obsessed with T20 cricket, but they still like test cricket more. Um, And then they're like, oh, ODI cricket, who has the time?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the World Cup is something everyone's invested in and everyone plays everyone essentially in this format. Maybe you could have that every year and that's it for your ODI cricket. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the ratings will be because the four-year thing is gone. But anyway, um, if anyone is a fan of ODI cricket, I'm really sorry that you had to hear all of this. If you're a T20 person, then well, the future is yours. But that'll be all for this episode of the Footmarks Podcast. Thank you everyone who tuned in. We'll catch you again with episode 22 next week. For now, that's all. Goodbye.
2: Thanks for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Bharat Sundarayson and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Sena Payu and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandretti is the head of our YouTube content. Feeling lazy about promoting your podcasts and videos? Memento FM has your back. Their seamless platform cuts and promotes all your content effortlessly. It's laziness approved. Try Memento FM today.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.